Welcome to the first ever podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Balm. Uh, this week, I'm talking to Christian Lee Hudson, who's a singer songwriter who put out a record on Anti last year called Beginners. And what makes this episode extra special is that that was my favorite album of last year. Um, I, I've never met Christian and I just reached out to him um, and he was nice enough to agree to come on. And there's also a first ever podcast first that happens on this episode is he performs at the end. Um, there's been a lot of episodes in the past that I've had singer songwriters on um, where moments after recording, I say to myself, man, I should ask him to play. Um, so this is a first and, um, he kills it. It's so, it's so sweet. It's, uh, I can't get over how cool it is. Um, so stay tuned for that. He does it at the very end of the episode. Um, he and I also have a really funny small world situation, uh, which we connected on when we first started talking to one another is that, I mean, I don't want to spoil it too much as we get into it on the podcast, but he played a talent show with the drummer of my band when they were genuinely children and uh he sent me a video of it and it just blew my mind um the two of them hadn't even spoken really since then either so it was just a really insane coincidence um we talk about all that plus tons of great 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 stuff uh i'm so happy he was here this is such a thrill for me um so yeah here's my conversation with christian lee hudson and this is the first ever podcast Christian, thanks so much for for coming on the show. This is uh, this is very exciting for me for for people who've uh, cared about year end lists or anything like that. Um, it's no secret that your record Beginners was my favorite record of last year. So this is an honor. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for including me on your list. Oh, of course, of course. Those year end lists are always, you know. I feel like uh, they get very exhausting. Like once you see people still posting them in like mid-January, you're like, God, <laughs> please stop. But um, they're always nice to to be included. It's hard for me to keep track of like what year anything came out in anymore. <clears throat> I tried to put something on my year end list that was like came out in 2019. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my wife had to tell me that break the news to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i because uh, i mean yeah things hit you later you know or like if something comes out at the end of the end of 2019 it feels like it's 2020 i i have that issue with with uh with movies too i don't know if you're a movie buff at all but like you know you think a movie is supposed to have come out in 2020 but then you look it up and it says 2019 it's because that was when it was, you know, shown at a movie, fe- you know, like a film festival. I'm like, well, does that still count? I don't know what the rules are here. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we just watched Promising Young Woman the other night. And I feel like oh, that yeah. one says like 20. I feel like that one says like 2019 or something. And because I remember it was supposed to come out like shortly after the pandemic started. Right. And then, got pushed but yeah i mean i don't know my favorite record of 2015 was joni mitchell's blue so i don't know what year anything <laughs> <laughs> oh, comes out yeah no I've, yeah i know what you're saying with promising young woman we watched it the other night here and uh but yeah I remember, that was one of the movies that once after the shutdown happened it was probably like you know maybe by august uh my fiance and i were talking we're like what happened to that movie I, you know, I like, know. obviously, obviously things shut down, but you know, things are going straight to streaming, but there was just no conversation about that one. 
I know. I was so, so excited for that one too. I was like, where did it go? It just like disappeared. It got disappeared by the pandemic. Totally. When you were young, what was the first, uh, what was your like first experiences finding music? Like what was the first thing that you remember attaching yourself to that you connected with and enjoyed? Um, probably like Blink-182. Like that was the first music that I found like on my own or whatever. I, my, neither of my parents really listened to music, um, like at all my dad had like some hank williams tapes that he used to play like when we did like a he lived kind of far away so like if we we would like road trip a lot to like see one another or whatever and he would play these hank williams tapes and i liked those when i was a kid um but blink 182 was i feel like the first thing that i found that i was like this is rad um um yeah, like that and like Nirvana I came to like really late, probably around the time that I was like 12 or whatever. It was like 10 years <laughs> sure. after. <laughs> and when when did uh when did you decide to start wanting to play music? Like what uh was guitar your first instrument? Yeah, it was. I I um my mom like used to when she was a kid like her her parents made her take all the kids take like musical instrument lessons so when i was in like sixth grade or something my mom was like well you're gonna have to take a musical instrument to like be like a well-rounded student or whatever and Mm -hmm. i chose uh guitar she let me choose because her parents didn't let her choose and she hated uh playing whatever it was flute or something (laughs) Um, right but yeah, I I I was probably in I think I was in sixth grade. Okay, and do you remember like what uh, what was your first guitar? Was it like a Squire Strat or was it like a like an acoustic? What was your it was a what was it nylon string acoustic that my mom bought from McCabe's in um, Santa Monica? And yeah, I mean that I wasn't. I mean I don't think I even had the. I don't think I even thought that I could play electric guitar. I was like, oh, like, you have to be really good to play electric guitar. So I had to play acoustic. Um, Mm. (laughs) um, And yeah, I don't know. I had a friend at school who who had an electric guitar and and he like showed me some stuff. And then I was like, whoa, he showed me how to read tabs. And then I was like, (gasps) I can go on the internet and learn any Blink-182 song. Right. on acoustic classical guitar <laughs> <laughs> my nylon string yeah. yeah also i love the things that you convince yourself of as you're when you're a kid like that yeah. you just look at an electric guitar and you're like oh that's for pros that's, that's for pros got way too many knobs and metallic looking things <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um yeah and ta- you know it's funny on this show uh, this is a uh, this will be like episode 31 or something like that but it's funny we haven't I haven't had anyone really talk about tablature yet, which I feel was was like the secret, the secret language to like getting <laughs> to do what you wish you, you know, it's like, I remember I, I, I play guitar and I, I had a subscription to Guitar World, just hoping that they would have something at the back of the book that I could like relate to. But often <laughs> it was just like Led Zeppelin songs I had no interest in, you know? <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I, I had I don't know if I had a subscription, but I like definitely my mom bought me like uh 
like some guitar world magazines and then like it was after that i got a subscription one year for my birthday to like alternative press i think was mm-hmm. what it was and then that was when i was like oh yeah like hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you take many lessons or were you, was it kind of like friends showing you how to how to play guitar i took one i took one lesson and then like i it was so fucking weird it was like a group lesson at mccabe's and i still remember the name of the guy who did it because i ended up working at mccabe's later and then like he was like my coworker. um oh, but he was just yeah <laughs> yeah but he was like just kind of really hung over when he came in and i just like <laughs> we didn't i had never heard the beatles before and uh-huh. um we learned strawberry um strawberry fields forever and yeah. i was like i've never even heard this song <laughs> <laughs> so, so i just thought it was like a bust and then i i just i was like we didn't even learn any blink 182 song <laughs> so, <laughs> so we i ended up just like my friend um taught me you know a bunch of stuff that he knew and the and the tabs and then i just like anything i wanted to learn how to play that I'd actually heard, I went and found like on Ultimate Guitar or, you know, something mm. like that. Right. Also, just the the boldness of everyone collectively trusting that who's ever posting the tab is correct. Because it never <laughs> yeah. was. It never, it never was. was. It's so funny. I remember <laughs> it's it's funny because one of the my favorite moments of the last of like 2020 or like, I can't remember if it was in 2020 or not, but was when I like somebody sent me my first like like a fan tab that someone made of one of my songs i was like oh fuck like <laughs> damn i've made it <laughs> right. in my head <laughs> i was like right. wow someone took the time to make a tab of my song right and was it wrong it was <laughs> 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 which was even better i'd say that's when you've actually made it that's if someone's that's made an right incorrect there. tab up here <laughs> right oh that's so good that's i like so to good. think that i write guitar parts that that are difficult to tab right that's your lane <laughs> that's your lane I'm, I'm curious uh with your guitar playing do you do you use standard tunings or do you use like uh bizarro tunings as i'll call them Sometimes I use standard tunings. It depends. Like, I kind of, a few years ago, I just got in a rut where I was like, oh, I'm just like, everything that I'm playing is like, sounds like so, uh, like the voicings of everything just sounded really boring to me and I was having trouble writing music. So uh, some friends showed me like a couple different tunings to that kind of opened it up for me and made it feel like not as boring anymore. Um mm. So now I would say a lot of it's in alternate tunings, but, um, you know, there are still some things that are in standard, um, Got just because they're too hard to play in the other ones. Sure. Yeah. You end up opening yourself up to like when you're performing live being like, well, I get to switch guitars or do I take three minutes to get this right? <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I, when I would, <laughs> when I would, when I was still touring, it was like there was, I got to a point where I think one of the last tours I did, I took like three different guitars with me because I was like, it takes too long mm-hmm. to switch between these tunings, um, which, yeah, is, is 
it's hard when you're like a supporting act in a in jumping in the van with someone else <laughs> to <laughs> fight for your to, to have three instruments as one person. Right. Yeah. Bit, bold, bold move, Chris. Bold move. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It also you just you just kind of look like a rock star dick just constantly just being like one yeah, second grabbing exactly. another axe and just yeah. plugging it in and um, you know this one's a little bit different so uh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I, I I feel you also shout out alternate tunings that's the right word not bizarro tunings I'll make a note um, I like bizarro forward. tunings I mean they okay. are you know <laughs> right truly um so what was the first band that you did. Um, the first band I was in was with some, this, some guys who were like a lot older than me, um, that also worked at that guitar shop, McCabe's who, um, I mean, I played like, well, that's not true. The first real band I did was like a, it was like a Nirvana wannabe band. Um, I was like, you know, some other kids that were my age, uh, we just learned a bunch of Nirvana songs and tried to write some songs that were really bad. And <laughs> um, I think that one was called Late Night Television. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. And then, I mean, I was in a bunch of like just shitty bands like that, like trying to figure shit out, but like super serious about it, you know? Right. Like, well, it's your art, man. Yeah, exactly. We got to practice. <laughs> got to practice. How oh, how old were you with that first band though? Were you like was it like 13, 14? Um, uh, however old you are when you're in like I think my first real band was I was in like 7th grade. So, okay. I don't know how old you are when you're in 7th grade like 13? Uh 12? Probably probably like 11, 12. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was I was young. I was too young to be making music. <laughs> too too young to be. <laughs> I wish I had no. Um yeah, I think that like around that age and then I like kind of jumped around to like, you know, some it was back then it was like, you know, whatever like your friend would play bass just cuz you convinced him to get a bass. And then right. eventually he's like I hate playing bass and I don't like music and (laughs) that's how, that's how your band would break up. Um, no, totally. Yeah. yeah. No one's ever changed their strings and there's nothing. (laughs) No one's, no one has a tuning pedal. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you say, Hey, can you buy a drum site so you could be our drummer and just disregarding that they have to learn how to play drums. Yeah, exactly. Um, You just take all your friends that you like hanging out with and you're like, all right, you're going to be in the, you're going to be in my band. You're going to be lead singer and you're going to be, uh, you're going to play drums and, (laughs) um, you know, Christmas is coming up. So John, you're going to play bass. Ask your mom for a bass for Christmas. Um, And then you figure out that no one, (laughs) you just, (laughs) you either have intimidated your friends into like learning a little bit or they just are like, wait, I don't, I wasn't on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. I forget if when we were first talking um, via Instagram DMs, uh, if, was that talent show that you sent me a video of (laughs) you playing, was that your, was that the first show you had ever played or no? That was the first show I'd ever played for sure. Uh, that okay. was like, 
Elliot was the only drummer that at our school that we knew. And he was, I think, a grade above me. Um, he was older than you in that? Yeah, he was He was one year ahead of me. And me and my friend, who I had duped into wasting his Christmas wish on a bass, um, <laughs> we were decided we were going to do a Nirvana song. Uh, right. Instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to really so, show the music <laughs> show up <laughs> so for those listening at home so uh i i add chris uh chris on on instagram uh and we start talking and he just sends me this video of him playing this talent show with the drummer of my band playing drums for him and i'm just like what the fuck is happening <laughs> like <laughs> so, and it's and it's an instrumental uh smells like teen spirit cover yeah. Yeah. which uh, now i know you you and elliot have now reconnected and, and i'm sure talked a little bit but like uh we always joke with elliot that he has he doesn't tell us anything and we always have to ask him for what we call a newsletter we're like elliot give us a newsletter <laughs> about just what's going on in his life <laughs> and, yeah and so like we get little tidbits of information not like he's hiding stuff he's just like you know he kind of just keeps to himself about things and <laughs> We'd always heard about that talent show, but he'd always just talked about the Metallica cover. <laughs> they did, I think, directly after. Yeah, and, it was right after. And uh, <laughs> what a transition! Only in only at a talent show can that happen. Um, there's so much small world stuff that um, continued. Just kind of, fr- I mean, I don't know if you knew any of these kids because I don't know how what the crossover with age or whatever is. But like, he was in a band pre Joyce Manor with everyone in Joyce with like multiple people from Joyce Manor. Whoa, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, because they're all from they're from Torrance, but I forget what the connection there is, but like he was in a band with Barry um and uh I think maybe Matt. I forget, but but like they had songs that ended up being on that, like just redone to be on like the first Joyce Manor record. Um That's but like insane. that whole world. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a really small small world here in uh here in los angeles so like having this now connection with you is just proves it further you know what i'm saying and i think it always it really is for like i think the people that are born and raised from here which you know as we all get older i think we're we're um there's there's less of us you know that are yeah uh, everybody leaves it seems mm -hmm. yeah for new york (laughs) (laughs) new york or or somewhere where they could afford a house exactly yeah everyone leaves there's not many of us left (laughs) have you thought about getting out ever um i have a few times like i lived in nashville for two years and then i lived in new york for a year um but i mean the 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 older i get the more i think about getting out just because i'm like fuck there's like fire season is like 10 months long now (laughs) so fucking hot most of the year and the air is so bad and i would never be able to afford a house here in my wildest dreams um Mm -hmm. so i think about it more now but i mean it's also easy to to be here you know for music stuff as well yeah what was next did like at what point did you or actually a better question is when you started when you kept doing did you keep doing bands or did you ever have the thought of I want to try doing something solo. Like when did that idea come into your head? Was that much later? No, actually. I mean, I did 
people like my the bands I was in like quickly it would just like they would fall apart so easily and mm-hmm. um just by the nature of like you know interests changing when you're around that age of like all the other kids but I was like super focused on I just knew I wanted to make music yeah. um so I think like by the time I was started high school I I had like I played my first solo couple solo shows and decided I was like, okay, like I can do this. I got like a little four track and learned how to like, I, I was like really into Elliot Smith. Um, so I like figured out how to record like that and do like doubles and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, like I can do it this way and it'll still be, it's like having my own band, but I'm my, I don't have to like worry about, um, you know, someone learning how to play the drums. Um, right. No, it's <laughs> for totally. Me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, then then I like after that I was like I got uh, scooped up by these guys I at, at McCabe's or whatever to like be the singer of their band basically. And how long did that one last? Till I was like eighteen, actually. I was in it for four years. Okay. Yeah. It's it's funny like. It's always such a weird question to ask, but I'm I'm always so just like I guess I'm just my jeal um my it's my jealousy talking here where I'm like how did you when did you learn that you could just sing you know what I'm saying like <laughs> I sing in a hardcore band so I'm yelling uh I don't and, know. Um, and but all my all my favorite music is is you know like stuff that actually is is singing uh sing, screaming in a hardcore band just all you have to do is just be able to be in pain but um. <laughs> What, uh, like, what did you, when did you realize that you had the ability and, um, found comfort in it, I guess? Um, I feel like, um, I, I don't really remember actually. Like, I feel like I just, I, I've starting like listening to Nirvana and stuff. I was like, oh, you don't need to be like that good. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a really good singer, but I was like, oh, you can just like kind of yell or, you know, mm-hmm. I remember watching like, you know, everything comes back to like Blink-182. Um, but I remember like watching like Tom DeLong sing live and being like, oh, like you don't really need to know how to sing. You need to know how to do like a little bit. And then like the rest of it is just like implied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just hold out words as long yeah. as you can and have a tried of match a melody. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like that was more like my intro into it. And then it was like, I as I like got into like Elliot Smith and like stuff like that, I I was like, okay, like you really, you know, I, the more I was doing it, the more I just like figured out how to, how to do it better and better. It's funny. I know, I know your, your pals with, uh, with Connor Oberst and I actually listened to uh, a couple, couple years ago, they did it. It was very enjoyable. Listen, he did a talk house with uh, Matt from the national. Oh yeah. Like the, is like them interviewing each other and i was like well i could take a bath in this conversation this is <laughs> awesome and um but it was interesting to hear connor say you know talking about even what you're sort of saying like never really finding that comfort in how you sound and it, it was interesting to hear someone who's been making music since he was genuinely a child uh saying even when he hears himself back he'll be like i wish my voice was lower you know, like I always wish, like I, I didn't sing, sound as high as like my voice was as high as it was. And it was in a way it was kind of comforting to hear someone that, you know, you've been listening to your whole life express those sort of same anxieties that it sounds like, you know, 
Oh, you, for you sure. were just recently going through sounding not how you expect or something. Yeah, I'm. I'm. He's actually somebody that I'm like. As I became friends with them, I was like, it is cool to see the areas and that he's like kind of insecure because it. it he seems like you know, like growing up with his music, it's just like so untouchable kind of mm-hmm. for for me. And I mean, like, I, I would consider him a good singer just because like he's he's like the emotion comes across really well and he's not there's no like affectation like that's what his like speaking voice sounds like um right so it's it's like just genuine um and but it's funny like yeah he definitely sometimes can be like i don't know i'm not a very good singer you know and it's like shit you've made like 20 albums that i like or will I'll remember every word of until I die. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I actually just listened. To, I, I didn't know it had happened, but um, uh, I'll, I'll listen to the Mark Maron WTF podcast now and again, just if he has a great oh, yeah. guest. And he, I don't know if you listened to the episode with John Prine. Um, yeah, that he had done. Oh, I mean, that was one of the best it's episodes so of any anything I've ever heard. But he told that really charming story of of you know when he unfortunately had throat cancer and had to get you know a a part of his throat removed and the you know the the surgeon asked him you know like about his singing voice he was like he's like if you can hear me talk i can sing (laughs) he's like i'm basically just talking and i just kind of hold out the last word yeah (laughs) i mean i love that confidence to do that is yeah is like is is more inspiring than anything. I mean, you never like. I don't know. When I hear it in other people, I don't really like. If somebody just sounds like themselves, like that's all you really want. I feel like mm-hmm. that kind of makes them a good singer. But I do know like some people that are just like, wow, you just like are a classically good singer. Like no matter right. what, you're always you just sound like, you know, the record. Right. Yeah. Someone like Julian Baker, who oh my is, god, you know, yeah, mutual friend between between us both. Like she's she just blows my mind. It's it's so it's so obnoxious as how good she is. It's crazy. Yeah, it it's like it 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 sucks. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. like I'm like oh man, I just I'm like I'm never gonna <laughs> gonna be sound that good. Um, <laughs> The uh, there was a great quote from uh, I remember from from like Dave Grohl or something when he was talking about American Idol, where he was like kind of shitting on the whole singing competition shows, where he was just like, you can't judge someone's like he was like if Bob Dylan went on this show, he would have been he would have been kicked off immediately, like he wouldn't have even made it to the show. But like yeah, he would have been like an outtake. Like yeah, they would made fun of him exactly. Yeah. But there he there he is being the arguably one of the greatest songwriters in the history of of music. So yeah, and uh, and singers like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the way that we judge who's a good singer is like definitely definitely flawed. But like yeah, I think yeah, he's Daniel an Johnson, like so oh many people. God. Yeah, Leonard Cohen, like all these people that are have I think you know I don't want to say larger impacts, but as but equal impacts, you know, like. It could be said that Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan have made just as much of an impression on people as, you know, Paul McCartney or anyone, you know, the Beatles, anything like that, you know? For sure. And I mean, it wouldn't be, you know, the thing that specifically since you brought up like Leonard Cohen, sometimes when I hear other people 
like covering his songs, it kind of bums me out. I'm like, oh man, like, but it's not like, you know, like something about hearing it from the person who wrote it is, is like important to me as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, you know, with looking with uh, with looking up all the records you had done and, and, and all the music you've put out and everything like that, um, and I, I saw you had a band also called the Driftwood Singers, oh, which yeah. I also checked out, which is which gave me more of like a almost like Bob Dylan in this more country phase sort of feel. Is that like a fair? Yeah, would that be a fair connection that, for you? That's like a very generous. Uh, <laughs> that's a generous. Uh, yeah connection but yeah i mean that for sure was like coming out of high school was like the stuff that i was interested in was i was like someone had turned me on to like graham parsons and i was just like oh hell yeah this is what i want to do or i just want right. to like explore that kind of um i don't know songwriting i i loved like gillian welch and um at that time i was i was i feel like i was like Felt like I had to. It's funny because, like, being from LA, it feels like you just have like no identity as a human being. Sometimes, like, you there's no, there's nothing specific about LA people other than like, the, like them being like vegans or, <laughs> or like uh, <laughs> just vapid, uh, um, assholes or something. So I feel like I just wanted to making like country music was it really appealed to me because it made me feel like okay like i want like these like this music is like real and has like a real identity to it which i'd felt like you know i I always love like connor because it's like he's like so you know he's like very omaha or like whenever i hear that i'm like that's the omaha sound or whatever so you did the driftwood singers and that seemed to have gone on for a few years right like how how long did that band last i saw the first record or like the first release had come out in 2010 it was like a ep or something yeah. called look yeah 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 wow it's crazy that you can find that shit on the internet um <laughs> there's a band camp uh there's a band camp that i was like oh okay um, oh yeah yeah we made it on like a literal handheld tape recorder and uh <laughs> it sounded yeah i when i when i listened to it i was like this this sounds uh you know like, like <laughs> what yeah but it's charming you know what i'm saying it's like it has that charm of like you know a home a home recording that's that is is uh is genuine that's that's at least how it sounded to me like i wasn't turned off by the quality in the way that we can sometimes be turned off by quality of of recordings you know with other yeah. genres or something it's like the only kind of genre that you aside from like crust punk that you could be like oh yeah this is supposed to sound like <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like i remember like we did some like studio recordings because I, I was like we both went to cal arts together which is where i met the other my the other member of that band was uh my friend pearl charles and um we did some like recording and at one of the studios at cal arts and then someone when we were on tour like recorded us with just like a handheld tape recorder and -hmm. the way it came out i was like oh this is like way cooler just like it's the how we sound right and actually in the room you know so so that was the first band that you had that's the first that was the first project or anything that you had ever done touring with right yeah for sure Um, how 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 was that first experience for you because first tours for most people 
for all people, I would like to hope, unless you're one of those assholes who your first tour is on a bus, um, but uh, <laughs> who I don't take seriously. Uh, yeah. Um, how was that experience for you? Because sometimes it could be the worst two weeks, week of your life, or it could be the best. Oh, it's the best. I still like, like, you know, like I feel like the memories I made on those tours were like some of the some of my favorite touring memories. Just like when you're limited in that way, like it's the f- the funniest shit happens. You just end yeah. up in so many places you you'd never expect to be. You're just like staying, you, you know. Like I've made friends through doing that that I'm would have never met if it wasn't they weren't like smoking a cigarette outside the bar and like said they had a couch. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I that's that's been a conversation that I've certainly had with with a lot of people where the the hardest the hardest early tours you have all the best stories. There's yeah. You the funniest situations, the wildest situations, the most uncomfortable situations, like all of those happen when you're when you're quote unquote roughing it, you know? It's like I'm very I'm pleased that touring is you know more comfortable and easier now for for i'm assuming both of us but like yeah (laughs) you know you you don't come home with the same amount of memories other than just like yeah it was kind of a long drive and loaded in (laughs) ate some dinner did a sound check yeah i mean got back in the van it's cool (laughs) you're you become like more insulated or whatever the more that you do it i I think like yeah i don't know there are definitely things where i'm like i could never do a lot of the stuff that I used to do back then where it's like yeah eventually it just feels like you get too tired to like make a new friend and stay up with them until four in the morning and then get Mm. in the car or the van and drive for eight hours yeah so uh we could we could fast forward a little bit so you what was the I'm sure this is probably a a question you get asked a, a bunch of times but what was that uh, the meeting of, uh, like, how did, because you're, you being from LA, Phoebe's from LA, um, is what eventually brought you two together? Like, how did you end up actually meeting and then becoming so close? Um, we met through my friend, our mutual friend, Harry, who I just, I feel like I met him on Instagram or something, um, Hmm. when he was living in Nashville. And then he came out to visit LA and then I think I was like 24 or 25. Um, and he, uh, we just went to go hang out with Phoebe. And uh, I think I had a show later that week or whatever. And Phoebe came. And then, like, I think the week after we met, we wrote our first song together. Um, and then just became close after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how how early before beginners was that like what year would that have been like i was like 2015 or 16 no maybe it's 2016 okay so this would have been two years after your the the previous lp which is the yeah okay i know record yeah um so were you kicking around uh, a follow-up record for that or what kind of headspace were you in when it came to making more music because yeah that's a significant break between um, yeah between records I had started making, I made like one record, like right after I made that record that I just like, was like, uh, not going to put this out. Or I, I feel like the, the biggest thing was, I was like, I don't want to like, 
I want to find like a like a label to put the next thing out on just to have like a little bit more support. And so I'd made this record and was kind of shopping it around. And then I was like, oh, I kind of hate this. So I tried. I, I just ended up in a loop of like recording a bunch of different records and writing and rewriting songs and then going to record them being like, oh, this isn't quite right. I was just trying to find like my, um, I don't know. I just wanted to sound, I was looking for permission to sound like myself. <laughs> hmm. um, and Phoebe helped me figure that out really. Um, I feel like in, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, you need to sound a certain way or else people aren't going to listen to it. And then Phoebe, by the time we ended up working together on my music, was just like, you know, it. You, sh you are allowed to just sound like how you sound when you write the song. Um, and that was like our approach of making my record. But yeah, it had come after making like five different versions of of different records that I was not happy with. That's such a tough spiral to, to get into. Like you have <laughs> yeah. that sympathy that that stuff is so it's so hard when you just need, you really do need that outside voice to remind oh, you for sure. what's important. And um, it's, it's great that you had that, that trust with somebody that you could take their, their, uh, what they're telling you to heart, you know, um, well, I just love her and her music so much. You've played on records that she's, you know, between, I, I know you worked on, uh, you're a co-writer on uh, Ketchum, Idaho, right? Off the yeah. Boise's record? Yeah, and we wrote a bunch for her new one record. One of my favorite songs. Off, it, that's my favorite song off that record. So, oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, great, great job with that. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's like it's it's it, whether I don't I don't know how much you think on it, but it certainly seems to go both ways. You know, you worked on Punisher. You wrote on Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it yeah, it definitely does go both ways, which is which is nice. I mean, like it it is always easier to tell with other people like if they're like you know, with other people's songs to to vouch for them because you you don't have any stake in it really. You're just like, yeah, like this is good or it's bad and I appreciate having that relationship with her and I feel like Marshall is like that as well where I'm just like Marshall has like a certain level of like the filter being removed on his the way he thinks. <laughs> so <laughs> there's never any, he's never trying to like spare anyone's feelings, which I is like so useful. <laughs> Does that take a second to get used to, or are you just like bring it? Cause you know, uh, not, I mean, uh, now I'm like, bring it because I know him and right. I'm just like, I love him so much. But I yeah. mean, at first I was just like, you know, I feel like a lot of people can have this experience with him where it's just like, you're just like, wow, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> what, yeah. a, what an asshole or like, you know, what, whatever. He just doesn't, he doesn't like care, I guess, about like, yeah, he just really doesn't care about like sparing someone's feelings he's he will always kind of just say what he thinks and when you like realize that it's coming from a place of love or whatever um right and he's it also makes it yeah and if he's working with you it means he's he's committed to the project and he's down you know it's yeah like, it's yeah but anyone who has any sort of uh 
nervousness or or uh you know imposter syndrome or, or any of those sort of things like the, hearing those outside voices is is either really jarring at first and you're like oh it's all my nightmares come to life but then you realize it's like oh no it's actually this is this is what i need to actually get the thing done so good yeah it's like an opportunity to fix it or just like course correct and in some ways like yeah no i feel that i feel that i think i, I was reading a or reading or, or i think it was an article i read where um you had sort of said once you sort of got into playing with with phoebe that other opportunities started to kind of come your way and and it's cool to it was cool to read that you ended up touring with with jenny lewis what was yeah uh, what was that experience that's so cool i mean especially i'm gonna assume that you being a connor fan and all of that you were probably a pretty big rilo kylie fan as well yeah i was a huge rilo kylie fan that was like one yeah. of my first like lps i i owned was execution of all things um, <sighs> what a record what oh a record. my god i love that album um yeah. Yeah, it was that was like a crazy dream come true that just like it was like it kind of fell in my lap or whatever. I was like, whoa, like never in a million years would I have thought that I would even like meet. That was during like a phase of like meeting heroes where I was like, what? How the fuck did I even like meet <laughs> this person? If I saw them at a fucking Barnes and Noble, I'd probably like write about it for like the next two years about how I saw them one time. <laughs> You know, but like getting to <laughs> play those songs with those, you know, with those people was like insane. Um, yeah. And really inspiring. I mean, like similar to like Connor, I feel like the the things that I have really enjoyed about like playing with Jenny or like playing with Connor, um, playing with Phoebe, playing with all these people is like seeing um, that you know when you listen to people's music and you see everything and you're like reading the press and like there's a press release everything is all like so put together the music video it can seem like it just fell out that way but getting to see how it's made and like the amount of like uncertainty and insecurity is also in there made it feel like like attainable to just you know like you're allowed to it doesn't just fall out you kind of struggle with it and you there's so much of like wondering how if it is even should exist <laughs> right no and you also see the human element of it which i think gets lost a lot yeah for sure um so that that was my favorite part of of doing that oh that's so cool was that like a was it like a full us or was it a short run where was it it was weird it was like um, it was like in a time between albums for her, like where she had finished, she had, for all intents and purposes, she had finished her new record, which is, uh, on the line. And mm -hmm. it was like supposed to come out a bunch of times. And then like the date, the release date kept getting pushed back. Um, so there was all this touring that just like didn't get pushed back. So I, I ended up touring with her for like a year, I guess. Um, but on not on any <laughs> album. It was like supposed to be in support of her album. And then it was just ended up being like shows where we played a handful of new songs. And then, but it was like, yeah, it was all of the US and then um, all of Europe. I'm sure that was kind of fun, fun for you just being a hired gun in it where you yeah. didn't have to just learn a new record. You got to probably play a lot of songs that 
you grew up loving. Which, oh my god, it's amazing! I was always yeah. like pestering her to like do stuff that we even like still. I mean, there's still regrets where I'm like, oh fuck, like why couldn't we play the <laughs> the good that won't come out or like, <laughs> oh yeah, um, oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, getting to play like portions for foxes or whatever, and like pretend that I was in the music video uh, <laughs> 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 was like a that was a fun thing for me. I also had never really like played electric guitar like i always kind of had played acoustic guitar yeah and so that was my first real experience playing electric guitar was in her band that like outside of just like my bedroom yeah outside of the uh smells like teen spirit and <laughs> yeah yeah that was like the one <laughs> it was like smells like that teen spirit and then like uh madison square garden with jenny Lewis. the, the like weirdest the story show. arc of all time <laughs> <laughs> this, this entire podcast is just about you playing electric guitar and there we have it that's the full, yeah that's the full basically th those are uh, the two examples of when i did it <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah it's uh i, I don't know how much you're you you should or want to want to mention that about the thing you, you were just working on but i was i was texting again with matt mcgreevy last night uh of epitaph and i, and I told him i was going to be talking to you in the morning and um he uh he was excited and uh and and had said that you just had you just got he had just got rough mixes or something of uh what you've been working on with oh uh, yeah he said it was with phoebe and connor is that is that right yeah um how cool they, and that's yeah, fast that, good for you that was Jesus. crazy well, I was like, I mean, there's nothing has fucking happened this year, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot has happened, but I mean, in terms of like leaving the house. Making music and playing shows. Yeah, we're both in that. We're both in that. Uh, we're, I feel like every band or artist that put out a record in 2020, we are brethren, whether you realize it or not, because <laughs> we put true. out a record and couldn't do shit with it. So, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So, you made good use of the time and you worked on a new record. Yeah, which is like, is really fast for me because, you know, like, as we said earlier, it's like, I took f five years or whatever making the the last one. So it was, it was just so quick. I definitely am still like, fuck, like, I don't, I hope that it's good. I hope I don't have that feeling. And like, after it comes out of like, oh, fuck, like I should have spent more time on the songs, but I'm just, you know. Whatever. I'm sure I'm sure you're <laughs> fine. I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> we'll see. Um but yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, it was fun to do it with like you know, just two of my good friends who I'm like Yeah, I just trust both of them with to I like really need somebody to be to like assure me that it's like okay or whatever. Like I, I'm like very suspicious that i'm not writing good stuff always so um i know that phoebe would like just not she would just tell me straight up like yo this sucks <laughs> <laughs> so i'm I'm happy to have uh just people like that in my life that i can bounce things off of that yeah i, I trust to fucking yeah and she obviously trusts it. you i mean she obviously trusts you too because you you've played on records that she's you know between i, I know you worked on uh your co-writer on uh catch em idaho right off the yeah. record 
Yeah, and we wrote a bunch for her new one record. of my favorite songs. Off, it, that's my favorite song off that record. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, great, great job with that. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's like it's it's it, whether I don't I don't know how much you think on it, but it certainly seems to go both ways. You know, you worked on Punisher, you wrote on Punisher. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think it. Yeah, it definitely does go both ways, which is which is nice. I mean, like it it is always easier to tell with other people, like if they're like you know with other people's songs to to vouch for them because you you don't have any stake in it really you're just like yeah like this is good or it's bad and i appreciate having that relationship with her and i feel like marshall is like that as well where i'm just like marshall has like a certain level of like the filter being removed on his the way he thinks <laughs> so there's never any he's never trying to like spare anyone's feelings which i is like so useful <laughs> uh, this is such an enjoyable conversation but uh we're 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 getting uh just past an hour here so i don't want to take up too much more of your time but i i wrap up uh every episode with uh with this question and i'm and i'm very curious to hear your answer which is uh do you remember the first time where you felt like you were doing the thing that you had been working so hard towards oh that's a good question um yeah i think i think i i mean i remember instances like that like they're usually like I don't know if I remember exactly the first time, but like I've, I feel like I've had a few like milestones or whatever where I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like that thing where you're like, if I could tell 13 year old me <laughs> what I was doing. Um, I mean, like playing my first like show where actually people came, I feel like that was probably one. Um, you know, booking a tour and like then doing it was like one, uh, getting to like write or like having a record, like a physical record in my hand. That was one. Um, I don't know if I remember the first one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, those are all definite, definite milestone examples i mean as you mentioned earlier like just getting to all of a sudden just have that time where you're meeting kind of all your heroes and you're and they're not feeling uh godlike they're feeling more human and more oh for sure uh, dare i say like contemporaries is, is always a, a real mind-blowing experience yeah i mean that was another one like getting to write with connor was like never just never even thought i was could, that that was even possible or whatever and then definitely doing it i was like whoa i can't even believe this is happening um <laughs> like yeah i don't know there's there's i've been lucky and i've gotten to do a bunch of shit that i'm just like fuck <laughs> <laughs> what it's this life is a simulation right yeah 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 yeah, it's super. It's it's super cool, man. And and I'm I'm so happy for you. And and it's uh, it's been fun watching from the sidelines, uh, the, your career and 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 the people that you're all involved with. It's it's been really enjoyable. So this conversation was uh, it's kind of everything I was hoping for. This is this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, and very exciting is is uh, I had mentioned to you. I've I've had some guests on where afterwards I say like. 
damn it, I should ask them to play a song. Like, it would have been so cool to have that on the show. And then I'm like, it's too late now. I'm an idiot. Um, so I figured I, I would uh, I would try my luck and uh, and I'd asked if you'd play a song and you were so you're so generous and you say you would so this is a this is the first ever podcast first so <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Do you have any idea what you want to play? It's, it's, uh, no. What do you want to hear? I mean, if you were down to play, like uh, like Northsiders. Yeah, I could play that one. Oh, that's, um, that'd be so cool. That was that was the first song that I heard that just totally made my brain fall out that and then watching the video for uh get the old band back together again which is such a charming song <laughs> that was fun to do um here we go i was new in town kind of goth i met you in the science quad you passed if i had any part we're going up to Mikey's spot Covering important ground I tried cocaine at my cousin's house Yeah, I'm probably addicted now The things that children lie about I didn't notice it was getting late You offered me a place to stay We live up in the Palisades Tell you folks he ran away Besides you're a Northsider now Nothing's going to change it, pal We were so pretentious then Didn't trust the government Said that we were communists and thought that we invented it. Morrissey apologists, amateur psychologists, serial monogamists, we went to different colleges. But she said that we would always be branches on the same old tree. Reaching away from each other for eternity And you know I can't argue with that Nothing's going to change it now for cigarettes and missed the brake lights up ahead I hope it was an instant death Sometimes I imagine us way down the line getting fat somewhere in the countryside It's crazy how things shake out sometimes 
maybe that's enough magic for me Nothing's going to change it now Wonderful. Cool. Wonderful. Thank you so much, man. Seriously, yeah. thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone be good, all right? We'll talk soon. All right, later, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe or follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. And if you can spare a moment to give us a rating and review on Apple, it helps the show gain more visibility, and that can make all the difference. Thank you, and I'll see you again next week. Yes.